0: You're listening to Radio Sega, and this is the Sega Lounge. Sit back, have a drink, and enjoy the conversation.
1: And welcome to the Sega Lounge I'm KC, I'll be your host And joining me today we have The beautiful, the glorious, the really, really handsome And kind of pervert, I need fruit Hello
2: (laughs) Hello KC, thank you for the almost (laughs) nice introduction there
1: (laughs) Hey man, how's it going? Nice to have you back on the show
2: Yeah, it's good to be back here on Radio Sega
1: I've missed you guys Oh, so sweet, we've missed you as well Liar, <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, it's it's great to have you back, really. And, um, it's it's great that you're here because we have an awesome show for everyone this week. What this show this? Yeah, me. it's the week of the usual tie in with uh, the Mega Visions magazine. And so, what special interview do we have for? Our beautiful listeners today
2: we have very special guests uh, the guys over at OC remix
1: so we have David Lloyd aka DJ pretzel and Larry OG aka lion tamer so uh, two great guys we, we had a blast recording this interview uh, it's been uh, recorded you know for uh, or uh, two months ago yeah roughly two months ago so um, and and it was great. Uh, shortly after they celebrated their uh, 17th anniversary, OC Remix's uh, uh, 17th anniversary, um, Yeah, we, we talk about lots of stuff. The origin of, of the website, uh, we talk about some future projects as well, right? Yep, and we talk teams about um, stuff.
2: the Nights albums, the Sonic albums that the OC Remix put out, as well as some of the other kind of uh, indie stuff they, they've got going. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Great mm-hmm. interview. Exactly. If we do something
1: ourselves. Yeah, we're kind of biased, but, you know, I think people trust us or not. Uh, yeah, let's see. Just, you know, keep listening and tell us uh, afterwards if you liked it or not. We also have uh, a second Launch Challenge for them, so let's see what happens this week. That's always something exciting. Uh, besides that, we have. Uh, Dylan Cornelius back with another edition of uh, his Sega Does Roundup you know talking about some of the games he's been reviewing uh, on com. so you know stay tuned for that Review uh, also has his m- usually or usual uh, memories of Sega and uh, you know we usually start the show with the news so let's ask our sweet soul brother Shadid to let us know about the week's news on a little segment we like to call News Desk. News
3: Desk! Hi, and welcome to the Sega News Desk with Shattered. On today's news, a new alien name could be the scariest release ever, as Fox Innovation Lab, the ones who worked on Martian VR, are working on the VR experience for a new Alien Covenant movie, the last title that was released. Alien-related was, of course, created Assembly and Sega's Alien Isolation. (laughs) On the promotion side of things, Make War Not Love 4, the aftermath is back, and this time you choose a faction for your discount on one of the top 4 games, Warhammer 40k Dawn of War 2, Total War Warhammer, Alice's Legend, and Company of Heroes 2. And they will all face each other's side today, and they're probably going right now, as I speak. Also on the top of news, the official panel of Sonic the Hedgehog will happen on South by Southwest on Austin Convention Center. This panel will dive into the world of Sonic the Hedgehog in a behind the scenes look at Sonic Mania and Sonic 2017. It will feature presenters from Sega and Sonic Team with Takashi Iizuka, social media manager Aaron Weber, Mike Pollock, and Roger Smith. South by Southwest will happen on March 10th to the 19th, 2017. (coughs) And lastly, speaking of panels, the companies participating in E3 2017 are now unveiled, and this time Sega of Europe and Sega of America are in the same event together, as well as Atlas. So that could mean one thing, there's probably going to be some more announcements related to Sega of America than we might not know of. And that is the news for this week, I've been shattered, and I'll see you next week. You can follow me on Twitter and Twitch at DarkwindPT. See ya!
4: Newsdesk
1: So that was Newsdesk with Shadid sharing the week's news with you guys Um, and so you know stick around we have a great show for you guys we'll be back after the interview and all the great segments and you know we'll have some other uh, exciting news to share Not only about this show, but some other community stuff that's been happening. So, you know, keep it here. This is The Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. Enjoy some music now.
0: sega lounge on radio sega come on in and have a seat
1: Welcome back to the Sega Lounge right here on Radio Sega. And this week we have very special guests uh, in the form of... Would you guys like to introduce yourselves?
5: Larry, would you like to introduce ourselves? Uh, yes, yeah, sure, absolutely. Well, um, I'm Larry Oji, uh, otherwise known as Lion Tamer. I'm the community manager and one of the judges at ocremix.org. And it, uh, it is a community founded in 1999 by our other guest, David <laughs> Lloyd, a.k.a. DJ Pretzel. And uh, he started because he's a huge Sega nerd, so uh, he can talk about how it started and uh, where this community of musicians that interpret video game music originated from.
4: <laughs> sure, sure. So I mean, it's a very, it's a very different world today with like video game music kind of sort of becoming mainstream, and a lot of people doing remixes and fan arrangements and commercial range albums and whatnot on YouTube and Louder and everything, but in 1999, this stuff was a lot more niche, uh, it was a lot more esoteric. So I guess, you know, in, in in a certain sense, we've accomplished part of our original mission was, which was to popularize video game music. I mean, it wasn't all us. There's a lot of other things going on, but um, in 1999 this stuff was a lot more obscure. Uh, there were some Remix sites dedicated specifically to like Commodore 64 music and mostly, um, uh, electronica, uh, techno, dance house, whatnot, And it was also mostly European. Um, I liked the idea. I like, I love video game music. I always have for a very long time. Um, but the reason <laughs> I started Remix is I wanted a website that Focused on all different sorts of video games, not just Commodore 64, but uh, Nintendo, Sega, arcade games, handheld games, whatever, computer games, PC, um, and also different musical genres, because there was very much of an emphasis on electronica. And I wanted jazz, I wanted orchestral, symphonic, cinematic stuff, I wanted, well, pretty much anything. Um, and so I started doing some remix with those two sort of core goals, uh, any game allowed and any musical genre allowed, focusing on interpretive arrangements. Um, and that was December of 1999, and here we are now, like 17 years later. The site actually celebrated its 17th birthday um, on December 11th, which the time of recording, this that was actually three days ago. So right. 17 years old, <laughs> it's, it's like ancient in internet years. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Just, to, just to link back to what Larry said, um, you know, I was the kid in elementary school. Everybody else had a Nintendo Entertainment System and I had a Sega Master System. So I was like, I was that kid. Um, but, you know, I loved it. And I really started getting into piece, uh, video game music with the Sega Master System. I would hook up a tape deck and record the output from Alex Kidd in Miracle World into the tape deck so I could, like, play it back. And to put together my own like DJ sets and I DJ double quotes there, but um you know, and, and they had all the arcade ports, so you know, you had Space Carrier which has great music, you had Outrun, Shinobi, really good soundtracks. Um that got me into uh into VGM. So I'm I'm basically a Sega
2: fanboy. Yeah, oh that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: Well it's, you know, I don't have to lie. Um actually if you go on OC Remix, uh the first Organization that was added to our database with an ID of one is Sega, and then number two is Nintendo, and really,
6: yeah. So, so,
4: yeah, and then like the first composer I think that was added was Yuzo Koshiro, or he's in the first ten. Nice. He's number one. He's number one. <laughs> so, so, there's some inherent <laughs> Sega bias in, in a, built into our database. Not that you know it, it means that. anything. It, it's supposed oh, yeah. to be a random ID, but you know
2: yeah yeah you could see that um, (laughs) with your first composition I think uh, which was Star 3 right yeah and that kind of fulfilled uh, like at least one of the missions that you wanted to go for because that definitely wasn't an electronic it was was it orchestral
6: remember Yeah. yeah
4: again, like double quotes, because wow, back then, the other thing that's changed in the last 17 years is like technology. Um, Back then I was using like a a hardware sampler with a total of like eight megs of RAM and Sonic ASR 10. Um, You know, computer software exists, uh, existed at the time for sequencing, but it wasn't anything like it is today. So like things have just blown up uh, in terms of technology and everything. So some of those older mixes, that one included, it doesn't sound fantastic, but, you know, it, it holds up all right. Yeah. yeah, but right right from the get-go, there, I, I did a lot of Sega. I did Fantasy Star 3, Shinobi, Space Harrier, Alex Kid pretty early on. And I tried to do a lot of different genres that people weren't doing, musical genres. So, uh, yeah, Fantasy Star 3, I did a, like a funk sort of Shinobi thing. Um, just to differentiate from what was being done in the European, like, Commodore 64 scene, which is very different.
6: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that, that's that's amazing, and that that's actually a great idea. I was gonna ask you, you 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 already talked about that, Dave. But um, uh, Larry, wh- what about your background with with gaming and video game music?
5: Oh gosh, well, um, I yeah, I grew up originally on the Nintendo Entertainment System, and uh, uh, luckily
1: the, uh, the what were, now? Um,
5: uh yeah it's uh well yeah they went out of business i think the great 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 crash of 83 no i'm kidding yeah i I grew up in the nes and as well the sega genesis and the super nintendo so um even though i started with the nintendo entertainment system sega music has just been huge in my childhood obviously the first three sonic the hedgehogs i got streets of rage one and two in particular um road rash one and two I think are, are very underrated and yeah, um yeah yeah i mean the the, the 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 uh the way those leads sound in road rash is uh pretty are, are pretty abrasive but they're kind of a uh they're kind of a what would you call it uh, they're, they're kind of a they're an acquired taste, I would say. But I, I really enjoyed, but I really enjoyed the energy of, of the music in those games. Um, so yeah, I mean, just just grew up with the traditional, um, you know, home uh, consoles that were available, you know, in the in the '80s and and uh, early '90s and whatnot. And I think when I got to college, my thing was kind of recapturing some of the nostalgia by finding video game music on Napster. So it wasn't just, that I was looking for mainstream music out there, but I would search for um, video game music that I grew up with. And while there were some, there were some albums that were out there that I guess somebody had ripped, you know, some professional Japanese soundtracks. So you could find say the streets of rage one, a uh, one album or streets of rage two was out there. Cause that also had a, a U.S. based release, but there were a lot of other soundtracks that were difficult to find. And I think, and, um, And uh, so that's why I think OC Remix, which I was told about back in 2002, so the site had been around for about um, two and a half years at that point, it really hit that nostalgia button for me as a video game music fan because not only could I go back and, you know, kind of reacquaint myself with music that I had grown up with, but I could also then... um, Discover lots of new games that I'd never played before. So, for example, you know Dave had remixed Fantasy Star Three for his first uh, track, and you know OC Remix for me was was an introduction to say you know the the Fantasy Star series in general, or you know Space Harrier and all sorts of other uh, you know great titles like that. So, um, you know, oh boy, I you know I didn't have a lot of games growing up, and so that that kind of limited you know, what, what I knew about as a kid, but I think, you know, yeah, once I got to college and really got to, you know, get that, get a nice, you know, T1 internet connection and, and get to (laughs) explore around, I really was able to expand, you know, what my appreciation after the fact, and uh, you know, that, that, that stuff will never leave me. So, I mean, here I am, you know, uh, 12 years later after joining being the site on staff and I, I thought I would only put in maybe about five years and then kind of move on to something else Not that I would you know dislike it, but just no. you know kind of you know <laughs> just kind of move On to other things, but I had no <laughs> yeah and then, Here I am and I'm guessing I'm the unofficial number two of, of, of OC remix. Yeah,
2: and I mean you, you you said the site started in 1999, right? though mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that I mean uh, we did say like in terms of the internet that's that's ancient but there must have been some kind of formula some kind of reason to that it is so popular because i think um especially for me when i stumbled upon it it was like a, a gold mine i it, it, realizing that other people are into video game music enough to actually decide to put a guitar lead over the top of classic chip tunes and stuff so yeah it, um, any ideas of, of what maybe what makes remixing in general so popular?
4: Well, I mean, <clears throat> just to get it out of the way, we're not using the traditional definition of the word remixing, and we're we're kind of honest about that in our in our fact or somewhere. Where we talk talk about how it, it's really more of an arrangement than it is a remix. Mm-hmm. Um, the the distinction being that a remix at least traditionally, uses the original audio and samples it and then chops that up, some piece of the original audio. Whereas what we do, um, 99 times out of 100, I'll say, is start from scratch, um, building up an arrangement that can be very different from the source tune, the original video game music in terms of, well, tempo, instrumentation, um, obviously musical genre is a big one. Um, so it's re- it's really like recreating the uh, the original in just a new light, casting in a new light. Um, as to why that's popular, I mean, like I'm I, as a listener of video game music, um, people appreciate different things. And it's, it's very interesting to see what people gravitate towards, but the reason I like VGM and in general, what I look for in music is like really strong uh, melody. So I'm very melody centric. And I think because especially a lot of the earlier systems, um, you know, the, the resources were limited. The chips couldn't do, you know, fantastic symphonic scores. It had to be sort of like FM, basic synthesis that there was a lot of emphasis on melody in 8-bit and 16-bit video game music and thus it's to me a little bit more attractive to arrange something from the arranger's perspective. um, It's more attractive to arrange something that has a strong emphasis on melody and harmony because those those are sort of like the core ingredients that you're going to work with uh, in terms of changing the chord progression you know modifying the melody from like a four four times signature to a three four time signature all sorts of fun stuff so yeah. i i think one of the things that appeals to people is you know the sense of nostalgia but i also think it's very interesting um even if you don't have a musical background a lot of a lot of people do even the listeners but even if you don't it's interesting to hear and be familiar with one piece of music and then listen to permutations that take it in different directions. Like, look at how much potential there is. Look at how many different directions you could go with. For example, um, you know, Ice caps Zone would be a good saving <laughs> Yeah, I mean, most, a lot of the most mixed songs happen to be, uh, you know, Nintendo or, or Square Enix, um, with Final Fantasy VI, Chrono Trigger, uh, Zelda, Super Mario, Living Large. But Sega has some some very very like covered tunes too. Ice Cap, Ice is, Cap, Ice up, and Sonic <laughs> Number really, One takes the cake in the realm of Sega <laughs> tunes that have been mixed, and it's been mixed like eighteen different ways: jazz, orchestral, techno, whatever. Yeah. And then of course it turns out that it was actually an adaptation of a pop song. Um, you know, <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. Yes. Happiest days of our lives. Yes. Hard times. Yeah. Exactly. Right, uh, so that was interesting. Yeah, um, I, I think
1: yeah. you 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 got a point when you when you mentioned the nostalgia uh, bit because uh, uh, you know I think that that's what connects at least for me it's what connects people to um, you know new arrangements of, of VGM music is um, people just listen to something they they can recognize you know the the source tune in there somewhere and they are just amazed by how uh, someone. Gave a new interpretation to the, the, the original music. And uh, it's, it's still familiar, but it's different, it's fresh. So I think that's what uh, also connects with people is it's that new perspective perspective on, on an original tune.
4: Yeah. Um, and your listeners may not know, but I mean, one of the things that has always distinguished OC Remix, uh, arguably for better or worse, um, certainly has caused some drama over the years, but we think it's really important that we don't accept like straight covers meaning that if you take a piece of video game music and you just re-record it with different instruments but Mm -hmm. you don't change a single note and all the instruments are the same and it's at the same tempo in the same key everything is same 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 and and all you're doing is swapping the instruments out for different instruments or like playing it on guitar but playing it exactly the same on guitar we don't post that uh, we're not saying that's wrong or has no place, and people can enjoy that as much as they want. But our, we have a judges panel, we have a submission process, and a lot of the point there is that we want you to interpret it at least a little. Yeah. And so we have very liberal interpretations where you might actually strain to hear the original, and then we have some conservative interpretations where the original it's very easy to hear, like Ice Cap or Aquatic Ambience from like, uh, DKC or whatever it's right there front and center but people have still changed something so we definitely have that emphasis on interpretation
2: mm-hmm. that's really um, i think that's great because that adds uh you know that element of creativity and and you know artisticness to to arranging should we say the the music right. um yeah definitely i think that's probably one of the uh reasons as well that, uh the community is still thriving and and pushing itself forward because with every release you get new kind of upgrades in tech and new uh thoughts about arranging and how how uh, the music should be interpreted so yeah i think uh as much as it may have caused drama in the past i think there's probably a good call looking at the site now
1: cool yeah
2: <laughs> yeah you have my blessing well done <laughs>
5: <laughs> we're, we're biased but uh <laughs> yeah and i'll just uh just to piggyback on what dave was saying i i absolutely agree with literally not not as a staff member but coming in as a fan and and just uh Kind of following up on what I was saying about my feelings on the website when I had discovered it. Um, again, I didn't have a lot of games growing up, so when I first encountered OC Remix, I downloaded maybe about. This is back in the day where OCR had maybe about 500 tracks at the time available, and I downloaded about 30 from games that I recognized, and literally just stuck in my comfort zone of nostalgia, like, oh, I remember that game, I remember that one, and for me initially that was about the extent of what I did you know that was the extent of what I looked at and I was content with that and I was, I was like okay you know I'll bookmark the site this is good and then when a friend of mine who I told about it heard that all of the music available for it which is another reason why I we're popular when he heard that everything available on the website was free he went wait a minute free and he downloaded everything in like a <laughs> couple of weeks he went and just downloaded everything he's like oh, I
1: don't Download all, all the
5: he got. This was before torrents. This is. This is actually wow. in the days where it was going to hurt. You know, OCR's bandwidth Ooh. costs if you just <laughs> hammered them and downloaded everything at once. Wow. And so, you know, so Dave had these notices on the website like, "Look, if you're going to, you're going to download everything. You know, just download it at maybe like three a.m. Like, don't hammer us. Like, he's going to hurt our bills <laughs> and stuff." And, and my friend didn't care at all. He saw the notice. He just needed. He couldn't care less. <laughs> and He downloaded everything. He
2: needed so all then, of the game music. Yeah. So then. <laughs> right so then.
5: Yeah, so then when I listen to all the stuff on his computer, I go, oh, you know, he did all the work for me, but I like this website, I'm going to check it out. And that's when it opened me up to hearing all of these titles and all these, you know, songs that I just hadn't really heard before. And yeah, I didn't need to have a nostalgic connection. It was enough that I was hearing, especially with tracks that get covered a lot, I was hearing these different you know, uh, iterations and permutations of the same song being done different ways, and it was the, the creativity just blew me away.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and so
5: without necessarily being keyed into Dave's mission for the site, it was something I kind of just inherently picked up on right away. Like, oh, they don't just follow the you know they don't just follow the songs note for note. I'm hearing different styles, and so to me, it just uh, it, all of that really resonated with me and uh, went just beyond the, the, the nostalgia factor
2: sure um mm-hmm.
5: let's talk about
2: uh a couple of specific albums then for a second uh sure. i know project chaos would be up there with the one that uh, a lot of our listeners would be interested in knowing about uh, uh when was project chaos released
5: 2006 january 2006 i believe and um uh, um yeah no that that was uh, i remember i remember just how that project developed it was um our, our user uh, Kung Fu Chicken, who originally headed up the project, and then uh, Snapple Man, one of the remixers, he goes, "This needs more rock. This needs more metal." So he just kind of invited himself on as co-director and got <laughs> it, it a bunch of his friends to, you know, uh, to contribute several of the tra- several of the you know the, the harder you know rock metal tracks on Project Chaos yeah as well. And you know, it's it's a uh, there's some really great stuff on that album um i do remember at the time and it's really funny kind of looking back at it but you know for those that know danny Baranowski, who's you know the composer of super meat boy and the, the binding of isaac and crypt of the necrodancer Cannibal etc he has a, a great track of the marble uh, an arrangement of the marble garden zone from sonic Neckle 3 Dust, not, not Duster, Duster. Right? Yeah. Yeah. which had which had you know really like um, you know, really kind of zanily delivered lyrics and which I thought were were really awesome at the time. And I just, it's so funny with the passage of time and and with people kind of, you know, achieving success, how the, I wouldn't say the the overall consensus, because I think a lot of people liked it, you know, back when it was originally released, but it's so funny because I remember hearing people complain about it, especially, you know, with video game music, a lot of people don't like when previously instrumental music gets lyrics added to it they just for yeah. whatever reason it triggers people for i don't know <laughs> i really don't know why there's plenty of video game themes with with vocals and with lyrics but i remember with knuckle dust people people like oh you know i don't i don't like that the lyrics are added this is goofy you know he can't sing it's just too zany and stuff like it's, it's just weird it's too weird and now you know and uh, you know going forward you know 10 decade since the album has been out there's so many people that are either like oh my god Danny Baranowski's on the album this is amazing (laughs) and oh I love that track and just he's so creative it like so don't get me wrong like I said I think most people enjoyed it but you would hear that vocal segment that hated it back at the time and were like you know and I, I specifically remember you know well he's not as good as some of the old school mixers that were there I'm talking about literally complaints for that specific track and then ten years later, it's like he's a genius. I love it. So <laughs> it's 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 so crazy how you know opinions can change.
2: Yeah, that, yeah. Fakers, it's
5: like a phenomenal fakers. album, though. <laughs> yeah, and I think and I think for and I think as far as like rumors goes, you know, um, you know, about ten years ago. I would say even earlier than that, we used to have kind of some infighting in our scene because some people that submitted kind of some rock and metal arrangements got rejected. And then it turned into, wrongly might I add, it turned into some kind of overarching theme that like, oh, they don't want rock. They don't want metal and that kind of stuff, which, you know, if, if you've heard some of the older tracks on OCR from you know, contributors like Goat or Aleshaw and stuff like that. Yeah you know, that couldn't be further from the truth. We, 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 you know, we've loved rock, you know, we're always open to that uh, before, Mm -hmm. and we're open to that now. But, you know, with Man on board, he really pulled in a lot of, um, you know, great arrangers that added those rock and metal elements and really brought them to the forefront. So it was kind of, I would almost say it was a little bit of a a beginning of, almost a a resurgence of rock and metal on OC Remix at the time. But yeah, tremendous album and a soundtrack that is definitely, you know, near and dear to my heart, Sonic 3. And knuckles. Yeah, it's, it's and, and knuckles. It's
4: funny because um, when when Sonic when Project Chaos came out in, in 2006, it looks like a November 19th uh, was the actual release date, but that was the, that was the eighth album we had done, and the third album was actually Sonic 2. And yeah, then, you know, Hedgehog Heaven, two, right? It, yeah, exactly. And then in 2011, we finally got around to doing the original Sonic the Hedgehog. With <laughs> Steve. Yeah. Um, so we went to three one which is a little counterintuitive um project chaos i think really stands up especially given 2006 i, I love sound of speed Hedgehog talk heaven i think we could probably revisit sonic 2 and do a, a sonic 2 album because i'm not sure if that one stands up as well um there are some good tracks on it i but have to agree yeah like a... yeah, Rick, no, yeah, richter,
5: I... yeah richter who directed it himself has said that like it doesn't stand up as much so yeah we could revisit it i think i, I think we could and we should temporal, ooh, temporal oh, duality is great though ooh, in
1: but yeah yeah first on radio second first on radio second
4: there always needs to be a director like i'm not volunteering to direct but i would love to see it happen um maybe the temporal duality team could actually like take on sonic to do. temporal duality you know.
1: was is, is a great album yeah it's great stuff! I was
4: there. really happy to see them do both the Japanese and American soundtracks. Yeah, you know, you know, if we had done one or the other, <laughs> mostly if we had if we had done the American, then people would have just been like, oh, "This is garbage." But I actually love both soundtracks. So me to me, too. if we had just done the Japanese, that also would have been really bad news. Mm-hmm. To me, you got to do them both. We did. I love that album.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I, uh, by the way, I was uh, I was we, we had Spencer Nielsen on the show uh, a few months back, and uh, yeah. off air we we talked about temporal duality, and uh, he knows about it and loves what people did with his tracks. So I think that's the nice the best testament to someone's work, and uh, yeah. to you know get the respect. From the original composer, I think that's the best. Yeah, he really yep. enjoys what people did to his to his compositions. Backtracking a bit, we we, we will come back to to albu- albums. But uh, just to clarify, there's there's a, a difference between submitting an individual track to OC remix. There's there's a panel of judges that uh, you know evaluates the work of the 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 piece, the, the work mm-hmm. of the composer. Um, but when it comes to albums. It's a bit more liberal, if I did say so myself, well, right?
6: Yeah,
4: I mean it's it's a complicated thing. Um, the album overall, if it's a we, so we we have two different catalog lines of albums. We've got OCRA for arrangement, for the ones we've always done, which are intended to be big, you know, community driven albums, primarily OC remix artists, and a certain percentage of those tracks should pass our submission standards. Then we have a different catalog line now for albums because we wanted to be a little bit more flexible. Where we have the OCRI line, I is for independent. In that case, it can be very liberal. It can be a re-release of existing material. It can be an album done by one person. So, like uh, mm-hmm.
6: um,
4: a good example is if we were to release like something like Sonata of the Damned, uh, which Joshua Morse did, or like uh, Pilot Way State Play, which did today, it would be an OCRI album. Just because it wasn't around back then, but um, yeah, with OCRI, it's very liberal standards. As long as we think it's a good album and it has something to do with video game music, you know, that's sort of the standard there. With OCRA, which is our our bigger albums where we do like a trailer, or a full release, a press release, the whole nine yards. Um, generally speaking, we want like 30 to 40 percent of the, the tracks on the album to be to pass our submission standards. Artists don't have to submit them. Um, but we want them to be of that quality, of that nature, you know, fitting in with the arrangements. So, yeah, and the, another, another thing to point out is that, um, you know, the albums are not always, are not usually directed by OCVMX staff. The the albums come from the community, so most of the time the directors are not people that are on OCVMX staff, they, they are. are community members that organized artists and basically put forth an album under the Remix banner. Which is pretty cool. Um, we're proud of that and how that system
7: works.
1: Yeah. So, uh, in a, in a general sense, what are what things do you focus on while judging a song or uh, an arrangement? Well, that
5: a very good person, huh? Oh, sure. Well, I've been yeah, I've been a judge since 2004, and um, you know, as laid out by by Dave and our submission standards, the the two things that we're basically looking for are. Oh. The creativity uh, of the arrangement and then also the production quality. And if it's a live, um, if it's a live track or track featuring live elements, then we're also looking at, you know, performance quality as well. Um, But, yeah, arrangement and production are the two things with and, um, you know we try to be as objective as possible with something that's inherently subjective, which is, you know, judging a piece of music. But we're trying to look, we're trying to look at kind of, you know, does it have a base level of interpretation in it? You know, again, like Dave was saying, it's not enough to just take a theme and and do a note for note, same tempo, same rhythm, you know, same dynamics, same energy (laughs) level, you know, uh, cover of a track. You're looking for arrangements that work in interpretive ways with the themes, you know, potentially integrate original writing, you know, original soloing, mm-hmm. um, add, you know, original counter melodic writing and you know, change the rhythm, tempo, time signature, the key, you know, all, you know, change the genre, all man, you know, all, we, we keep it very, very open with what's allowed. Like we're, we're yeah. very, permi- so beyond making sure that the video game music is, is front and center and is the focus of the arrangement, um, beyond that kind of core value that we're looking for, everything else is pretty open. And, um, and on production quality, you know, you're just looking, you know, whether the, uh, whether the instruments sound reasonably good, you know, whether or not the, they're, they're, uh, pan properly, you know, uh, you know, whether they occupy the, the proper stereo space. Um, it's not, it does. It sounds less angle retentive than that. It's basically doesn't it sound good, but it's just looking for a basic level of, you know, uh, quality there mm-hmm. with both the, the instrumentation that's used and then, you know, where it's positioned in the
0: sound field.
4: Yeah, and there's some there's some obvious gaps, um, you know, obvious mistakes or problems that might be interesting to refer to. I mean, from a production perspective, if something is clipping, um, you know, and distorting and in in a in a very obviously unintentional way, that's problematic. Um, from an arrangement perspective, it's problematic when people do. This is this is problematic in all sorts of art, including like you know, or even like writing an essay for for school. It's problematic when people copy and paste large portions. You know, <laughs> and so that you have a verse chorus verse chorus structure, and your two verses are like identical. You didn't change anything so uh, part of this is arranging and part of it is just original writing when you're constructing a piece of music um you layer things up and then you can play either additive or subtractive types of tricks to differentiate sections so usually uh you know one thing you'll do is you'll have a verse of course and then when you repeat the verse the second time there will be some new element that is introduced. So, that the second verse doesn't sound exactly like the first verse. If, when people don't do that, when there are clearly repeated sections that are 20 to 30 seconds long verbatim in a mix, that's something the judges will notice and that's something that will be held against you because, well, so it is. Basically, yeah. don't
1: be lazy, right? <laughs>
4: <laughs> don't be lazy. Uh, but <laughs> the other thing is, like, the flip side of that is be creative. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Even if you think the verse sounds really good, if you're repeating it a second time, you should probably just do something. For, for the people that are listening closely and paying attention to every last detail, we have a lot of listeners like that. Um, the listening community for Overclock Remix will get references, will listen closely um, a lot of the time. So, you know, just throw something in there. It's it's, it's part of what makes music fun, really, is, is that sort of thing, attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, makes sense. In terms of what... Uh, and, One other thing I would add is, like, that's that's what will get a mix on the site, like what Larry talked about. Uh, Relatively clean production that sounds intentional and has a coherent aesthetic to it, and then arrangement that is creative in one way or another and interpretive. Um, That's what makes a mix good, and good mixes get on the site. What makes a mix great is, like, it's a different list of things, like what differentiates the real, like, in my mind, standout tracks. to me, the, the, the best thing is to have a really good arrangement idea. So you can arrange almost any piece of music in any other style and you can change it up and you can alter the time signature, do whatever it takes. And it's, it, there's a difference between what's possible and what really, really works well. And so when you stumble upon an arrangement idea that really works well, um, that's what usually makes a great mix. And then you still have to execute everything else. The production has to be there, the arrangement has to be creative, you can't copy it, and paste to be lazy. But you also just have that really good idea. So, like, just take um, I don't know, what's a good example? I'm trying to think of a Sega example, and my mind is like drawing a
1: plan. Oh, it's cool. You can, it's you can use whatever you want.
4: Um, yeah, I mean, Harmony's remix of Secret of Mana, Dragon Song, is like a fantastic arrangement idea. Even if he didn't sing well and play all those instruments, even if the production had been terrible, which it wasn't, it still would have been very clear that this was an arrangement idea that needs to happen. Um, now, he actually aced the production and like everything's clicking, so it's, it's a sort of a legendary mix. Um, but you know, having that really, really good idea where everything clicks and you're taking the melody and the genre works, or you make a tweak to the melody, you change the progression in a way that really kind of makes sense, um, you know, one mix that I'm still proud of, that I actually think I had a pretty good idea, you know, production is is, is iffy, it's older, but um, I did a remix of the original Sonic the Hedgehog uh, hog called Love Hurts. And yes. I think, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't want to tune my own horn too much, but I think it stands up. I still listen to it and I'm like, hey, this is pretty good. Quite. And, you know, <laughs> but more than anything else, like, I, I definitely still stand by the idea. I might not stand by like every last production decision that I made back then. You know, I was young. I, I needed the money, except. That <laughs> I it anyway. but,
7: um, We've all been. I,
4: yeah, I stand by the arrangement idea in terms of the alterations to the chord progression and how everything clicks together. So that's what makes a great mix to me is having a great
2: arrangement. idea. Sure. Yep,
1: yep. Yeah. Um, and it it's important to to just, you know, uh, set the bar a bit high so the the quality standards are are, you know, are decent at least. So people will just keep going to ocremix.org and uh, download yeah. new mixes, listen to more new arrangements That's- because otherwise people <laughs> just get tired of listening to to crap sorry yeah. well
4: it's not, not not necessarily crap but here, here's what i'll say about that because that's an interesting segue i mean what what we've seen in the last two to three years is that well yeah i would say two to three years is that fan arrangements of video game music are becoming heavily commercialized um mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's kind of cool that, you know, what used to be a niche, what used to be like esoteric is now mainstream enough that you've got, you know, people getting millions of views and making, I don't know, millions of dollars, maybe. And yeah. you got video games live and all this other stuff. One thing I will say is that with the, the free nature of Overclock Remix, the free uh, mixes, I think it frees people up to mix games that aren't as popular, or to make arrangements in styles of music that aren't as popular. Because if you're trying to maximize your profit, then you're gonna go and you're gonna do like, another Undertale album, and another Undertale album, and how about some Overwatch, and you know, Splatoon, and like whatever the flavor of the, the moment is, you're gonna follow like an ambulance chaser, you're gonna follow the money, and yeah. you're probably going to do music genres like EDM. No hate. I like EDM, but <laughs> you're going to do music genres that have that mass market appeal and like really polished production. And it's just like, there, there still needs to be a place where people can have a really creative, completely non-commercial arrangement idea for, you know, a track off of Sonic 2 or Revenge of Shinobi or Fantasy Star 2 or whatever. It's a good saying. Yeah. um Panzer Dragoon say you know you're not gonna yeah. make a zillion dollars with a jazz arrangement of Panzer Dragoon it's just not gonna happen but does it deserve to exist well hell yes oh yeah it, it does yeah
1: well uh, data discs just put out a uh a vinyl to, of the, yeah. the, the soundtrack and it's sold out so you know I don't know maybe go. it's commercial enough I don't know <laughs> <laughs>
6: maybe
1: yeah. I don't know no yeah but you, you're right I, I I see what you coming from yeah so okay, I think
4: I'll pick of more obscure games Decap Attack
5: <laughs> I don't know I mean, <laughs> Decap Attack wow I, mean, I have to take adventure take adventure. about to bust out <laughs> Cyborg Justice <laughs> yeah
1: Master of Darkness it. yeah so <laughs> I think that the, the best follow-up question to, to all of this is um what was the the worst uh, arrangement uh, submission you ever got? I'm just kidding. Don't answer that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, we can we can answer that. I mean i'll go first because i don't want larry to steal my answer
1: um the
6: one
4: that that we like to talk okay so we're not a we're not gonna name names and b the person who made this probably isn't isn't listening so i don't think they're gonna like ever find out but one of the worst so so we've got some crazy submissions right over the years um and some of them are so bad that we actually keep them just you know to refer back to like oh wow that happened um the, the worst conceptually and in terms of execution that I ever heard was a very, very conservative, like not interpretive, not particularly creative arrangement of the Chocobo theme, which is already like, it's a little grating. Okay, all right, we get it. Uh, People have done very interesting things with that theme, but it's not necessarily like something you'd want to hear repeated 20 times in a row, this this mix that was submitted to us. But here's the catcher, here's the, the, the genius part. On the left side of the stereo spectrum, it was playing, and then it was almost like a round where delayed—I uh, would say like a couple seconds. On the right side was the same thing, but with a two-second delay. So it was like a ar- yeah, it was an arrhythmic stereo imaging combination <laughs> of the Chocobo theme layered on top of itself, and um, that's 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 pure pain. That right th- there.
1: that's the stuff um, of nightmares right there. <laughs>
5: Have <laughs> you got anything worse than that? One, one that comes to mind, and I wish it were still out there because I don't, I don't think it exists out there. But there's this one Altered Beast track that we got submitted called "Unleash the Beast," <laughs> Unleash the and Beast. it was, and it was the first stage <laughs> theme, and it was nothing but orchestral stabs as the instrumentation. That's <laughs> it. Like that was the no. one technique in there. Yeah, oh. no, there,
4: I think there were other things going on, but yeah, the, the orchestra hits. <laughs> there are some, so like part of learning how to arrange is, is learning like which instruments do what. So Making for example, space. yeah, well I mean no, just like you can sequence a guitar like on a keyboard to, to do any sort of part that you want, but it's only going to sound like a guitar if you kind of sort of know how an actual guitar works. Same yeah. thing with the, like a flute part, it would be weird to have like a a monophonic flute solo which is one note at a time and then all of a sudden there's a chord. I mean, <clears throat> did two other flute players show up? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so part of, part of learning arrangement is learning how the actual instruments work, even if you can't play them. If you're sequencing for them, you have to understand them. In this case, Unleash the Beast, which yeah, I remember this one. Um, <laughs> there was an orchestra hit solo. And there, there are some instruments that you want to do solos with. I mean, there's traditional like piano solo, guitar solo, sax solo, right? Flute solo, sure. Synth solo. Um yeah. But orchestra hit solo—it's it, not no. You don't. It, it doesn't. It's not not commonly done. And I think that sometimes you know you want to innovate. You want to do something that no one else has done. But sometimes there are reasons no one else has done it. <laughs> in this case, the orchestra hit solo probably. I mean, maybe someone will hear this and be inspired to meet the challenge and get a mix posted on the OC Remix with an orchestra hit solo. But I doubt it.
2: I was about to say that's going to be a knuckle duster in 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 seven yeah. years. Looking back, I mean, going.
6: Oh,
4: that's, so that's
1: a throwdown! Yeah, if someone manages that, that would be quite a feat <laughs> that would be great there you <laughs> go, challenge issued <it>, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think on this quite positive note it's time to take a quick music break and play some of the tracks that you guys requested for us to play on this show uh, and we'll be right back on the SEG Lounge with, with more from, from David and Larry uh, and uh, we, we got a little surprise for you guys as well Uh, because you know we we like to surprise our guests with good stuff and i say good do i really mean good we'll see we'll see (laughs) so uh, keep it here this is the sega lounge on radio sega
7: Greetings Radio Sega listeners, this is Dylan Cornelius of segadoes.com, the website that is committed, committed having reviews of every game ever released on Sega consoles. We go in chronological order, been doing this thing since 2014, started with the SG-1000, just uh, inaugurated the Game Gear. It's a really exciting time. So what I thought I'd do is uh, mention some of the games that we'll be looking at in the next coming weeks. Uh, Right now, we're smack dab in the middle of October 1990. We've already reviewed Rainbow Island's Extra, the Sega Game Gear. I did an overview of the Sega Game Gear and kind of talked about its history and how long it lasted, that sort of thing. Um, reviewed Columns, Super Monaco GP, and the and Pengo. Those were the three Game Gear launch games in Japan. Not the strongest of launches, but you could argue that Columns was trying to be the Tetris killer app there. Um, And coming up soon, we have a lot of uh, Mega Drive slash Genesis platformers and shoot-'em-ups. Holy crap, do we ever. Rosten Saga 2, the sequel to Rosten for the Master System. Final Zone, uh, I believe a shoot-'em-up. Slaughter Sport, uh, it was called Fat Man in Japan for reasons still unknown. Uh, We'll have to see. Burning Force, Arrow Flash, Telltale Stadium. A baseball game that connected to the Sega Mega Modem in Japan. That should be fun. Uh, Dynamite Duke Zon Gear for the Game Gear is a strategy game, I believe. Never came out anywhere else other than Japan. And Fire Shark, another Toa Plan gem, I'm sure. So that is what we have for October 1990 coming up. I hope you all look forward to that again. The web address segadoes.com. I Also have a podcast that you can find on Libsyn. As of yet, as of the moment do.lipson.com. it's coming to iTunes we only have two episodes so far but we'll be pumping out more for you soon and there it's me and my host uh, my co-host Jeff Rudd from Hardcore Gaming 101 and we just talk about the games I've reviewed in depth um, and also if you like what you read if you like what you hear check me out on patreon.com patreon.com slash Dylan Cornelius and you can contribute and get some get some goodies as well Thank you so much for having me on Radio Sega. Look forward to talking to you next time.
1: Welcome back to the Sega Lounge right here on Radio Sega. We're here with the OC Remix guys, uh, aka, (laughs) this is quite disrespectful. Uh, (laughs) There's Larry and David. Hello. Welcome back to the show. Oh, uh, always good to be here. This is excellent. Awesome. And uh, we're so happy that you're here, that we've got a surprise for you. Uh, Every week on the Sega Lounge, we uh, obviously have different guests, and then we have a surprise. Uh, Everyone loves surprises, right?
5: I do. Is the the surprise that you're sending me a Sega 32X?
1: (laughs) Is that a good surprise? surprise. Would that be a good surprise? I'm not sure. And Doom, and Doom, okay, and Doom, okay. That's it. that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. No, but <laughs> the surprise is something else. Actually, it's something we like to call the Sega Lounge Challenge. Uh-oh. So, go. <laughs> so, no.
5: is it IDing stuff? The oh. We'll
1: see. We'll see. The, the first thing we need to do is to play the intro to the Sega Lounge Challenge. Just you know, to get you in the mood for this. And so, just just sit back and, and enjoy the, the SEGA Lounge Challenge intro, guys.
0: Now, you know our guests. They're amazing. They're stars. But are they ready for the SEGA Lounge Challenge? It can be a quiz in reverse music. It can be anything we want. Welcome, welcome to your, to your doom. doom. I mean, welcome. To the Sega Lounge Challenge.
1: Indeed. <laughs> this That's
0: is
4: amazing. What's that there? That
1: sounded like Dracula. Uh, th- that or just James Earl Jones, our good friend James Earl Jones, um, JJ, as we like to call him. Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> so, David and Larry, uh, this is the Sega Lounge Challenge. Welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. As the guy said, it can be anything we want. Um... Mm. But I think I think just going with with music, uh, in reverse or not, would be too easy for you guys. So instead, we have something we like to call "Spot the Sega Mix." My question for you guys is: Would you like to play um, together or against each other?
4: I I, prefer, I like the co-op. I don't know, Larry. I like the co-op,
5: and I will mention that um, you know, Dave does beat his niece in mario kart 8 so i thought he was gonna pick the competitive <laughs> like he doesn't he doesn't take it easy on her he's, a, I he's we, a
1: terrible we, person we yeah okay. in
5: order in order to in order to okay so here's the thing we're gonna live or die with whether we represent oc remix well so we will do the co
1: okay yeah. <laughs> good choice oh. good choice there so, okay, so okay. <laughs> uh yeah i'm not sure if i'm rooting for you right now or, or not after that shocking uh, beating, Denise uh, development—I'm not sure—but <laughs> video games, let, let,
4: let's not real life. I don't let her win. When you say beating, that just sounds infinitely worse.
1: <laughs> let let's yeah, whatever makes this you happy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the the game is called Spot the Sega Mix, uh, but you'll you need to uh, spot the Sega Mix from the titles alone. We're gonna, we have six sets of three different uh, OC, oh my gosh. OC oh, Remixes. OC Remixes. We have the titles, just the titles. Uh, and you have to, you know, identify the Sega OC S- Remix out of the three. possible. Alright, All right. All right, right. Yeah. right. So, um, let's, let's go with, with the first set. I would you like to, to start?
5: Wait, sure. wait, 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 wait. Before you start, I just want to say, I feel like we're going to do great. That's uh, That may or may not be setting us up for disaster. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing.
1: No Why pressure, no ready? pressure.
4: So <laughs> Hillary Clinton, so... To that's true. Oh, yeah, that's That's
6: oh. true. Yes. Oh. Sorry, Hill. going to get drunk. Let's... <laughs>
2: okay, um, so, number one, um... I guess shall I just go straight into this? <laughs>
6: yeah, yeah. Okay. Go let's go right. Ahead, so Dean.
2: the first question is: um, Is it Dungeon Cave, Buried Alive mix? Oh, I know what, what that's from. Shot or Routine of War?
5: Okay, hold on. Wait, Dave, do you want to try this or? Um, I believe I've got it. <clears throat> Would you know Dungeon Cave? Oh, I know. I, yeah, that's from Skies of Arcadia. Okay, so that's ruled. Uh, are we calling that, that yeah, a Sega want, game? It's got to be the Sega game. That's, that's so your answer? Bull the China Shop is from, uh, is from a Smash oh, game. Oh, the China Shop, so was definitely GTA not it. Game. What was the third, so I, that's I, not it.
4: third title? Routine, Routine
5: of War. Routine of War. That's Metal Gear Solid 4. I can
4: I'm, g- I'm really glad I'm
5: not playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, we'll, we'll go with the first one. Dungeon
1: Cave Bear now. So, are they correct? Does
5: it? Does a bell go off?
2: I I I, I don't know. Shall I, should we have a drum roll or something? Like did we win something? I, I, can,
1: we won. I can. We can have a drum roll. I think I have a drum roll somewhere. Oh, uh, where's, where's the drum? Oh, there right, we go. There's the win. drum roll. It's okay.
2: okay. Let's, is it right or <laughs> is it wrong?
1: <laughs> indeed,
5: indeed. Wow. I feel really
1: good. One, one out of six. One out of six.
5: We're gonna do. We're gonna right. do phenomenal. All right. All right. <laughs> oh, let's phenomenal.
1: go. Let's go with the second set of, of OC remixes. Let's see. So, first up, we have <clears throat> Ravaged Metal. Mm-hmm. Then we have Come to the Dark Side. It's a funky place. And the third one is Full Paragon.
5: I want to say it's the, the first one from Golden Axe 2, right, Barry? Yeah, man. that's Yeah, Shinray did yeah. that, didn't they? Ravage Metal. And then, hold on. What were the other two? I just, I'm, now so, I'm trying to The second one know. is Nostalvania. <laughs> it comes the funky side. of Nostalvania. That's, that's right. That's sure. Good job. Okay, so, and then the third one?
1: Full Paragon. <sighs> wow. Or I'm
5: drawing a oh, blank
4: on the third one. Um, full Paragon? I, it's, it's relatively familiar to me, but I, I would need more information. So oh I would God. say we go with the first, right? It, it's definitely
5: the first the one. First. But... How am I losing a full Paragon? <laughs> oh well, I think, I think we,
1: we, we, <laughs> we just don't need a drumroll. I, I just feel it's not fair because, you know, they, they got all their information correctly, so, you know.
6: Yeah. I know.
1: Yay, it's <laughs> correct obviously so yeah uh, by the way let's let's just uh, you know track back and uh give people some credit so dungeon cave buried alive mix by steve porton i think uh skies of arcadia yep. uh bull in a, a china shop uh djjd super mash brothers melee routine of war the dual dragons uh, and this nice. is from metal gear sold for guns of the patriots nice. so you said ravaged metal obviously so shinray from uh, Golden x 2 Come to the Dark Side It's a Funky Place as uh, David said Nostalvania this is a mix of the, the Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past and Full Paragon by Psycho Crusher from Mass Effect
5: that's right <laughs> nice dude yeah that's relatively newer so yeah good job man yeah, yeah, so good pick
1: two, 2 out of 6 2 out of 6 or actually 2 out of 2 right now so yeah 2 for uh, 2 Two for two. Let's see. Let's see what 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 happens. Um, let's go oh, with the nice. third set. I need fruit.
2: <laughs> okay. Right. Um, so is it Radiance passing through history or Fiesta among the trees?
4: Fiesta among the trees is Ristar.
5: So yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're, and we're, then, um, we're, we're
6: nailing this. Now, now oh, we wow.
1: need we need we need remixers as well. So you know. What? The, yeah. Yeah. The
6: ensemble there. what's the, what's
1: the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: That, oh, jeez, that's the, that's a super it's long That's like the south, jazz, southwest, southwestern jungle. southwestern college mega super jazz <laughs> ensemble. <laughs> okay, that's yeah, cool. there we go. That's close <laughs> enough. Afri- okay, the so, of course, your Cuban. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, got it. <laughs> Let's, <you> got it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's that's right. Right.
2: our Cuban jazz ensemble from Bryce Star, right there. Uh, Radiance was Ben Briggs and Level Ninety Nine from Part Sixty Four, and passing through history with Sibling on Corner Cross.
5: Yep. That is an awesome mix, too, by the way. Yeah.
1: Uh, so you're, you're nil in this. Let's, let's go with number four. Let's see if this is a bit oh, yeah. harder or not. I'm pretty good. So, um, first one. So, fourth set. Number one, Dreamcatcher. Number two, Chasing Waterfalls. Number three, Lullaby of the Sky. Oh.
5: First is... First, it's the first one, that's by Scripnik from Nights in the Dreams, right? I hope, and then, (laughs) wait, wait, what were the other ones?
1: Uh, Chasing Waterfalls and Lullaby of the Sky.
5: Okay, Chasing Waterfalls was from our Donkey Kong Country 3 album, and then Lullaby of the Sky is DDR Kirby ISQ from something or other. Are Mario cheating
1: are you, cheating? Are you like no are you can open it? it? Yeah, yeah it, it sounds like <laughs> it. But perhaps not. I'm very know.
4: suspicious. No, Larry actually has a really good memory for this stuff,
5: which is why I went with the <laughs> cobalt pop. I tag all the I tag all of our mixes, so yeah.
6: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: So <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so yeah, obviously obviously it's correct. Yeah, so uh, it was all really, really uh, spot on, uh, apart from Lullaby of the Sky, which was by Julianne of and Zircon, from The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, and Skyward Sword.
5: Oh, see how I'm fired. I got fired. Yeah, I,
1: I thought this was the easy one actually. I,
5: you know what? I'm I'm real I'm really fired <laughs> because we just I just had Andy and Jill over at my house a couple weeks ago. So oh no. <laughs> oh do Don't, don't, don't let them hear this. Don't yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, you are right. in trouble Sorry, now. Guys. You're in trouble now. How are you doing? <laughs> <I'm> so fired.
2: <laughs> <laughs> number 5. Let's do this. Number 5. Okay, number 1 is Heavenly Horrors. Uh, number two is The World's Smallest Giant, and number three is The King Awaits.
5: Okay, wait. Say number one again. Heavenly Horrors. That's from Corpse Party, so no. Oh, number two is from Echo the Dolphin. Number three, what was number three?
2: The King Awaits.
5: Oh, wow, why am I blanking on that one? Well, number two, but oh, you're going to have to fill me in on The King Awaits. Second one. What's the title again? And the the world. You... Oldest giant. That was by Anso, wasn't it? Sounds familiar. Oh yeah. Yes.
4: Okay, was it by
5: it. Was it Was it by Anso or was that a Halcy one? I Think
1: it's Anso. So one your of, answer is.
5: It's two. It's definitely two.
2: Hey, well done. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Heavenly yeah. Hours by DigiE. Uh, caught cool. oh, The They're awesome. Giant by Matthias. Uh, that was from actually that was from Echo Times of Time. The Sega CD version. Yeah,
1: I need you need, yeah, you, need, yeah. you, need to, you need to pronounce the name. You know.
5: Matthias Ekström Yert. Oh, oh <laughs> wow. damn you, damn you! Let
1: let him let I him do so. it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, no. He was uh, gonna butcher time, it. Aglistrom Gert.
6: Gert Gert.
4: It's I put. When we just
1: call the I used this one on purpose because one of us was gonna butcher the name of the guy, <laughs> and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah <the> DJ's curse. <laughs> and Wait, and the King of Waits. I, I I I put the King of Waits in here because uh, from the title alone, unless you really really knew it, you wouldn't say it's a Super Mario Brothers uh, remix by Forest Fire oh, by Forest oh, Fire. Forest fire. Or yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. From the title alone, uh, unless you really, really knew, it, you wouldn't get That's there. That's right. Yeah.
5: Yep. Cooper King.
1: <laughs> okay, so let's go with the, the final one. So five out of uh, five for, for five. So awesome. Let's go with the sixth and final one. Number one is Spirit of Law. Number two, a new ray right. of light. Number three, I had a name.
5: New ray of light, right? Yeah. Right? It's not. It's. Um, no, First yeah, that's Phoenix Shining ray. For, isn't that from Shining Force and then yeah, Spirit of Lost from Phoenix Ray yeah that's Melody and Detect Tuesday oh, and yeah. then the New Ray of Light is that the FF Music DJ and SGX collab oh no 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 no, no, no! Is that or is that Saddle and Sir Nuts is it Sonic Triple Trouble I think so a New Ray of Light it's either one of those it's definitely a New Ray of Light though
1: mm-hmm. and
5: then what was the third option guys I had a name uh, was that from Eco? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, the, it's not the ring ben, I'm, I'm like, or? No, his was Icon Oh, uh, that's right, yes And then Oh, I'm so blank oh, i,
1: I had
5: <laughs> a name No, I, th- I thought Is that Overcalling University with that one? Or No, uh, Could maybe, be. and not me I don't remember <laughs> I don't
1: So I'm your blank, answer um, is number two, right?
5: It,
6: All right. Let's November get two. this
1: out of the way Because we need to okay right. awesome Thanks. yeah and Thanks. it was Sadorf and Nuts, That's uh, right. Sonic Triple Trouble. yeah uh, Spirit of Law was Phoenix Wright Detective Tuesday and Melody and I had a name was by uh, Rotaka Dark Souls
5: oh Dark Souls that's right Rotaka yeah. you gotta check. you gotta check his stuff out
1: yes he's a, a great one and, uh, you know I, we don't uh, have uh, perfect scores often on the show, so... Oh, snap, look yeah. at that. Awesome, Glad awesome. It. I Glad think... It. <laughs> and and it's, <laughs> it's great that we now have... Um, we, we, we usually say we have the Sega Lounge seal of approval, but now we really do have uh, a seal of approval, and there you go, uh, via Discord chat. Oh. So it's Very an actual fine. seal of approval. <laughs> it's That's a seal brutal. with two thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> that is brutal. It's actually
4: really disturbing to see a seal uh, yeah, with a yeah, phone. With yeah, phone. exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so aren't you glad you guys got the seal of approval? Obviously. Yes. No. <laughs> well,
4: wait, wait, what happens if you don't? Do you have like a like a seal of disapproval? Uh, you The interview is nothing.
1: just abruptly over and uh, oh, you all cool. go back to your lives and no one hears about it.
4: Yeah. Well, that would have been very, very
5: ugly had it been... uh, (laughs) And the the next day your website,
1: you know, uh, goes down for inexplicable reasons. Dave could
5: probably Photoshop the seal of disapproval from this. Like, just kind of <laughs> just point the point the thumbs down, make the seal red, like, <laughs> and put dis, sort of sprawl it over approval. The dis
4: could be capitalized
5: like dis. That's The
2: dis at the same time. I like it.
5: Exactly. lord, this image. I hope everybody who's listening Googles it and finds it because the seal is very disturbing.
1: I I'll need to share it. I'll need to share it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, with everyone three
4: of those, maybe four of those. I definitely would not have gotten by myself. So,
1: Larry, yeah, thank you oh, for being yeah, here man. and making of us look course. confident. Some Absolutely. really nice co-op chops right there. Well done. Good yeah. So, so um it's it's been fun. Let's let's just go back to to asking a few more questions. Um One thing I wanted to to mention, by the way, was uh, overclocked records. Which yes. is uh, relatively new to the OC Remix universe, right? Mm-hmm. How did yeah. that idea, you know, come about and the, the project started?
4: Right. So I mean, you can trace the origin. It was an idea that we had around for a while, but it came into fruition when I was over at Zircon's, uh, Andrew Hurst's house, and I, I said, "Look, you know, I don't have the time to do this. I'm busy, busy, busy with OC Remix." but if you want to you know take it on and see what you can do uh I'll basically give you like carte blanche you can do you can take this on and, and, and make it happen and he agreed and so we we started setting things up uh got a wordpress Inc, woocommerce site going and <clears throat> the original vision was you know to really focus on original music being put out by overclock remixers but as uh louder has popped up, making licensing uh, for cover arrangements, commercial cover arrangements, a lot easier. We have started also doing um, arrangement albums, selling them on Overclock Records. And most recently, what we started doing is having Overclock Records function more like a label, where we have exclusive releases. So prior to, I think our first exclusive release was Silius, uh, so that's the Silius album. Um, but then most recently, we've done uh, an Undertale album and a band called Materia put out an album called New Game Plus. These are Overclock Records exclusives where it, Overclock Records is essentially a label. You can get the albums on Amazon, iTunes, uh, and also on Overclock Records. Mm-hmm. and uh, you know. But they are released by Overclock Records functioning more as a label. And so moving forward, we want to kind of do a mix of, of the two different things, which is uh, giving a storefront so that people can support OC Remixers. Obviously, OC Remixes are free and will remain free, but if you want to support the artists and they're on Overclock Records, you can buy their original stuff, you can buy their licensed game stuff. We also do indie game soundtracks, a lot of that on Overclock Records. And then also moving forward, these exclusive releases, um, which are mostly going to be like licensed uh, game arrangement albums. So, yeah, um, it's, it's been around for, what, uh, three years now? No, yeah. three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's evolved a little bit from just being a storefront for original music and indie OSTs from Oceania Mixers to also focusing on range albums and then also doing uh, exclusive albums, too.
2: Great. And that's um, over at
1: overclockrecords.com. is that right? that is correct
5: absolutely <clears throat> nice
1: <laughs> right yeah um so back to back to some some um OC remix albums um we, we talked about Project Chaos we mentioned Temporal Duality any new stuff that's coming out soon that you can share that you're aware of at sure. this moment um,
4: sure I mean it's Sega or non-Sega in... yeah yeah uh Soon is always in double quotes for us, right? It's I mean, a relative the, term, yes. Yeah. It's a very relative term. <laughs> so, I mean, we have day jobs. Larry and I both have day jobs. Um, you know, we're all. This is a labor of love. So, yeah, we we don't have the luxury of you know doing this twenty four seven. So we don't usually pick specific dates until we know that the album is ready to roll. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, our estimated release dates will just be like Q one, Q two, Q three. Um, and then we have also, we have albums that have been sitting around forever that gets sold at various stages. One of the albums we thought it was gonna release actually last month, now it's looking like Q1 of next year, is uh, Seiken Densetsu 3, which has been around forever. That's the Japanese name of what is essentially The Secret, uh, secret of Mana 2, as mm-hmm. the sequel to Secret of Mana. Hiroki Kikuta, uh, amazing composer. These are great soundtracks, both of them. Um, he actually knows about OC remix. We interviewed him, and he was familiar with uh, Dragon Song, the mix I talked about earlier from Harmony and everything. So that was kind of cool. I
6: like so to G-
5: brag about that. He air guitar did. He, he air guitar the song. He did
4: in
6: fact, Air guitar. <laughs> it.
4: It. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Personally, that was the Oticon. Yeah, amazing. Um, so Saikenden Densetsu Three Songs of Light and Darkness is coming up, but the very next album that releases, and we haven't necessarily told anyone this kind of like exclusive news at this point in time uh, <clears throat> is super mario rpg window to the star so oh, nice. not very sega uh, actually rather nintendo <laughs> but it is gonna be an amazing album that's um,
1: amazing what's a super mario right by the way that's his plumber. <laughs> what, what, what's the Super Mario, by the way? I don't know, I, I don't don't know about that. Kind like of <laughs> <laughs> like Sonic. It's Sonic for, like, an Italian man. But...
5: Right. It doesn't run very fast. That's <laughs> the way to explain it. He's still very fast. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's Sonic.
1: No, but that's, that's a great, that's a great, great uh, wow, like soundtrack right people. there. Right. Uh, yeah, Super Mario RPG is a great soundtrack.
6: Mm-hmm. So
4: those are the two that are, like, a little bit more imminent. We do have one that's been sitting around that we should finally be releasing Q one of next year as well, which is an EP a shorter album called Room. The best of
1: oh, Sega Racing. Seriously.
4: Is, is the title might be, yeah. Seriously. So this is just arrangements from different Sega Yeah, races. I know about uh, that. Mm-hmm. I've uh, known about indeed. that
1: for, for a few years now. <laughs> uh, exactly.
5: <laughs> and yeah, so I and I, I kept well, bugging this is, this
1: is, I kept bugging a certain someone. Was supposed to be heading that. It's had some handoffs. I know, I know, yeah. yeah. But it's but it's great to hear that it's finally coming out. Yeah, awesome stuff. Yeah. So there is a Streets
4: of Rage album in the works, um, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if it's going it's, to. It's, it's it's too soon to put a release date on it. I'll be happy if it's here. Um, it could yeah. be late next year. Uh, other than that, there are other albums. I mean, there's a longer list, but stuff that's lit, like. Um, It seems like Lufia 2 is going to happen. The art's really good. The music that we have is really good. So, again, not Sega, but a really excellent, like, third-party JRPG, you know, not Nintendo, not Square Enix, um, that that have amazing music. So it would be very nice to get that Lufia 2 Mm album out next
5: year as well.
4: And then there are other things happening. Um, just like Sonic 2,
1: for example, that, that uh, just just uh, we just heard that it's it's coming out soon as well, right? <laughs>
2: On its way. <laughs> On its <laughs> way. What, what um, you
4: heard is that I strongly would endorse a Sonic 2 <laughs> album project to, to kind of take over from Hedgehog Heaven, since we have yeah. we have a really good Sonic 3 album, we have a really good Sonic 1 album. Actually, one thing that will be coming out that is Sega even though we already have a really good sonic one album in the form of uh the sound of speed mm-hmm. there is another sonic the hedgehog album um 25th anniversary uh album that will be coming out probably q1 of next year q2 oh, great. Um, cool. so that's pretty cool um lots of good stuff uh, makes different yeah. different crowd of artists so probably a very different vibe from sound of speed mm-hmm. um which is good and you know, my dream project, but I don't know if I'll ever have the time or enough artists interested. Would be a retrospective album covering the first four, eight, and sixteen-bit, um, you know, single-player Fantasy Star role-playing mm-hmm. games. Fantasy oh, um, Star One, Two, Three, and Four. Uh, you know, you know, online's good and nice and whatnot, but online, stick into, yeah, no, just sticking to the original. Like, online's got
1: a huge soundtrack, online. so. Yeah, yeah it's, it's online is it's harder crazy. to mix.
4: Online's a lot harder, harder to mix to too, um, yeah. and plus online's really a different thing. Like, yeah. it, they're good games, but they're very profoundly different from Fantasy Star One through Four. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, my dream project would be a Fantasy Star One through Four sort of album, not trying to cover every. last So many song, announcements this
1: that. week on the yeah. Sega launch. Well, this is it's just crazy. a dream.
5: This is... This is <laughs> I wish, you know? Um, dreams, dreams count as an x You know, I'm, I'm um. going to edit
1: this... And it's going to sound like you're announcing stuff, like a, you know, like, like you're you're just giving, product. and you, you just uh, said Q1 2017, so I'm going to just gonna edit, edit this like in a way that everything's 21. coming out Q1 2017.
4: <laughs> well, well, hell, if, we're, if you're going to do that anyway, then I think there should be a, a Shinobi <laughs> series album, mm-hmm. um, yep. with, you know, covering the full, you know, Shinobi, Revenge of Shinobi, Shadow Dancers, Jubilee, whatever. Mm. Um, that should probably happen. Maybe we did. Game. We
5: did mention Cyborg Justice, so we need a full like twenty yeah.
4: tracks. Full <laughs> I, no, but I think I think Space Carrier, the original Space Carrier soundtrack, could really be like a very tight, focused album. The whole soundtrack because there's not that many tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would also like to see a Space Harry album.
2: I, I would I would fanboy so hard if, if there was a really like like you say concentrated Space Harrier album coming out. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah.
4: yeah, you know and and you know, I actually like Space Harrier two quite a bit as well and it had very good music. Edited. Then like I don't know why they I you still can't even play Planet Harrier. Have you have either of you played Planet Harriers?
2: Uh
1: nope. Kind of, yes. It's, it's, it's in so in, like, in a not uh, non-legal way, I need fruit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <around> the <laughs> They finally emulate it. Oh man. Okay.
5: How yeah, dare man. you! Uh, <laughs> I'm shocked. Okay, right.
1: So we, we have someone that that beats his knees uh, in video games, and someone that emulates games here. I I'm shocked. I'm shocked.
2: Well, yes. That's so uh,
4: right. the horror. Like, There's uh, another thing to mention, but like the original. Uh... OC remakes the original C64 audio scenes and everything. They were actually a lot um, more intertwined with the emulation scene. There used to be an emulation scene. I don't know if there isn't really an emulation scene anymore. There are people doing amazing work on emulators. Yeah, but I'm not sure if there's a scene the way there was in like 2000, 2001, 2002, where you had like entire communities of people that like whenever a new version of an emulator. came, Big deal, and like the teams would like, get into rivalries, and like ZSNES versus SNES 9X, and <laughs> yeah, oh, you know, yeah. Gens came along and yes. Ages came along. Yeah. 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 Um, In the good old days, right? Um, OC Remix was kind of like part of that community originally because the, the Overclocked and Overclocked Remix is actually a comic strip I did called Overclock, which was dedicated to the emulation scene. So, oh, no wow. shame, no shame. Yeah, that's where that comes from. Interesting. Interesting
2: it's funny you, you say that now because it's that seems so obvious to me looking back like i i, I was like you know hunting down uh maybe like knuckles chaotix or seeing if sure. i could play sonic cd which i hadn't played uh because i didn't own a sega cd when i was younger and you know early 2000s that was like the the gold rush years i guess for those kind of games in yeah. terms of
6: animation yeah <laughs>
4: Well, it was a big deal when like the Sega CD was first successfully emulated, that was a big deal. It was yeah. a big deal when they first emulated CPS2 and, and eventually CPS3. Yeah. It was a big deal when like Ultra HLE came on and did mid generation like really, really well, so these were all like milestones. Nowadays, like, I don't know, it, it's 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 very cool, there are people doing good work, like I said, but it's, it's not the
2: same. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same, man. <laughs>
1: Oh, the good old days! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're we're all just a bunch of old farts, uh, just <laughs> talking about video game music. Sounds <laughs> about right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I think. Any uh, Any any questions you'd like to ask? Uh, oh, Dave and Larry.
2: Uh, quite quite honestly, um, I could talk. Uh, about I see remix and, and game music all day, but <laughs> I think uh, um, actually there is one uh, kind of really random question, slightly related to Sega, considering they published the first. game, uh, The Armored Core Four uh, album you guys have over. Oh, it. It's
5: Armored Core in general, yeah. By yeah, it's a theory. It's a theory. Yeah, <laughs> the way, yeah.
2: Um, you have uh, I, I forget the actual uh, official name. It's Four Answer or something. The um, yeah. the answer, sorry, the album you have. Uh, that one has always stuck out to me as as a bit of a like a a, a different album, awesome uh, album. But like, um, can you just go into a bit of detail about how that album came around? Because I'm like on a personal note, super interested about
6: that.
4: Sure, sure. Um, that's one that if it were released today, would be an Ocri like independent album because it, while uh, Jill is on there and uh, Dragon Avenger on, on vocals, um, it's mostly uh, Matthias. Hagstrom, Yerks, Gertz. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to butcher the name 18 times in this one episode, but yeah, it's really it's really his album. He was working on it um, independently, and it sort of became an OC remix album. He also like had, was that Comicat had it there, um, yep. so that was kind of interesting. But yeah, really, it, it, it has a very unified aesthetic. So mm. contrast to. Um, you know, some of our larger albums will cover multiple genres of music, um, obviously a lot of different artists. So it's more of an omnibus format, like Balance and Ruin, even our Sonic albums. Um, you know, it's, it, it can't, by definition, it can't be quite as focused and consistent because you've got different artists in different styles. Yeah. Um, I don't mind that at all. I like omnibus albums because I think of video game music Soundtracks is like the, the the compositions themselves are often for different types of settings. Like boss music is very different from like something serene. Um, so I like the big omnibus albums, but I also like the smaller focused albums. And uh, yeah, uh, Matias's uh, Armored Core album would, would definitely qualify. We just did a chronology, a, a jazz tribute to Trigger, which it's all overclocked. Um, um jazz collective uh, and it's pretty consistent and focused too uh, right. so we have albums like that um Morse's albums uh, solo albums obviously two different things really but both
5: good Matias is somebody who I've always praised for um you know and this is even back in I guess uh when did it come out 09 roughly the yeah. Arm Record album and uh, he's <laughs> just he has an amazing workflow and he's able to work very quickly you know what i mean i've always i've cool. always loved that about
4: yeah, I mean, um, so, like, again, I don't know, like, different listeners might have a different level of familiarity with music technology, but he uses a digital audio workstation, which is a piece of software that he used, basically, to make music mm-hmm. called Reason, and he knows it so well, and is so proficient at it, that he actually ended up working for the company that makes it. Um, so that, te- that tells you something right there. He's yeah. scary <laughs> when it comes to, like, when it comes to this program called Reason. I mean, they hired him, so there you go. yeah. But, yeah um, and-
5: yeah, and the answer is the epitome of, you know, it's, it's like Dave said, you know, whether it's a big community album where it gets headed up by a project, you know, lead, or it's somebody else doing a solo album, it's it's really all about the community's initiative yeah. on that level. So yeah, this was a passion project for Matias. Uh, well, good stuff, kept it zany like the original music. Yeah, movie.
4: like one one funny thing is there, I wasn't as familiar with the originals there, and so I'm listening and I'm listening to the vocals and I'm listening to the lyrics. Yep. The lyrics are like the deep sea fish will love you forever and i'm like geez, yeah. what are you what are you smoking dude? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want with that and it's like no those are the original lyrics I'm like,
2: oh. yeah. Yeah. uh I, I do love how that album book ends with the same kind of track uh yeah morning thinker and goodbye thinker and uh yeah it's, it's a great album i feel like we should maybe quickly before we got let you guys go like touch on the night's album you guys made as well which mm-hmm.
5: That's an amazing album. That, like, yeah, one of our yeah one of our first to really make a big focus on the visual art as well. So I mean, big big props to you know Steve, heading it up. The you know Nights in the Dreams NID you know dot com, the whole team, uh, Trippy K, like all those those guys are all awesome. And um, yeah, it, it, that that was kind of a, a think from what I understand that was like that was like a first album where it was really. You know a collaboration between two communities you know what i mean so on yeah, the music yeah. side and then having that vision that that visual pairing and the, the kind of that um that, that story aspect where you had uh you know uh artwork that kind of matched up with some of the tracks
1: mm-hmm. yeah and I, I remember it being a, a you know like a huge thing when it came out we we played <laughs> yeah, the whole the 15th, album on, on radio sega. i think. yeah exactly yeah. and we, we played the whole album on radio sega i think was you no know, obviously the the Sonic albums are are really popular <laughs> because it's Sonic, sure. but uh, I I don't remember that much hype around anything else like the like what what people you know felt with the Lucid Dreaming album. Mm-hmm. It was really a big thing in the community. Yeah, and I mean to be able to uh,
7: yeah,
5: and it's I mean some of the developers uh, got copies of it too because we did we did some limited edition print physicals of those so um they're pretty rare i think we only did like a thousand and um yeah i know they look great <laughs> yeah. it's a tremendous i mean and when you see something like that especially that that cover art i mean what we like to pride ourselves on having a high standard even you know with it being you know a, a hobby the hobbyist you know community that we are but um i mean the i think the whole package just looks really sharp and um that, that cover art in particular just looks totally like it, it could have been official from, uh, fishboard.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm.
5: Oh yeah, and I'll just say real quick. Um, you know, with with lucid dreaming, um, you know, and again, we we pride ourselves on a lot of the larger community albums having a lot of diversity and range as far as the musical styles and you know there there's just really good stuff all around you know there's you know obviously there's gonna be some electronic stuff there's there's rock there's metal there's a there's a great opera collaboration um led by josh Welchel uh, there's mm-hmm. just so there's so many unique flavors of music on there so i would and it's what three discs i would recommend anybody give it a look um it's it's pretty comprehensive as far as you know the original soundtrack and obviously there are lots of you know just like the original soundtrack there are lots of variations of that that main theme you know that main motif so you're gonna hear it come in a lot um even cameoed in a lot of the tracks and um yeah it's a great love letter to uh to nights in the dreams
2: yeah I think, actually, now you mention it, that's one of the great successes of that album is how you manage to keep that main line uh, melody going yeah. back uh, and it not get old or stagnant or, you know, you start to get a bit bored of, of it uh, on this this too. It, there's enough variation and, <laughs> you know, ideas. Uh, so to I've, keep
4: got, I've got a question for you guys. Sorry. Um... What are what are some of the games or series that you think like Ocean Remix needs to cover? Like what what would you want to see us do more of, or that we haven't even done yet?
5: Need some more from Sega.
4: From
2: a Sega perspective. Ooh, Sega. Yeah. Um. I I will go straight and just say Treasure. Any games by Treasure, or even just a, a Treasure album. <laughs> so. Uh, That's a weird idea. You know, yeah. uh, anything from Dynamite Heady to Ikaruga. Hmm. Uh, would be you have, would you be have
1: cool. Gunstar Heroes already, right? Be aggressive. Yes, be
2: aggressive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, be aggressive is amazing. I absolutely yeah. love that album. Um,
5: oh yeah, that's a favorite of Be aggressive is a is probably the favorite album by w of ours from uh, wwe superstar xavier woods so he has promoted that album a lot and, <laughs> that right? uh, really yeah yeah he's, he's been an Star fan since way way back so uh yes. yeah Ooh. he he's, he said it makes great workout music so really <laughs> <loving> <laughs> him flying the flag on that
2: ah, i like it yeah yeah that's gonna go on my phone next time i go running i think that's a good idea that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great album for that it is yeah, yeah fantastic so yeah, any treasure game, basically. Uh, I don't know,
1: Casey. How about you? You know, I, I you know, I, I, I'm, I'm always biased for Shenmue. You know, it's, it's, it's got my, my vote. But there's one particular soundtrack that I've been uh, asking remixers and musicians all around the community to cover, which is Restart or Ristar, depending on how you want oh, to yeah. pronounce it. Mm-hmm. I, I, Ristar. I have a, a dream of. Seeing uh, um, an album with the entire uh, Restart soundtrack, just arrangements of the entire Restart soundtrack, one day. So, you know, yeah. if if I if I would have to choose one, I would go with Restart mm. oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Ristar. Oh, Ristar.
2: Yeah. Or Ristar. Ristar. Yeah. Oh, Virtual Fighter would be a good one as well. Tons of 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 mm-hmm. good music. Oh,
5: yeah. Now that you mention it yeah that one gets over yeah that series gets mm. overlooked yeah,
1: one or two, but
8: yeah. yeah
1: yeah so let's let's do uh, let's do something different by the way so uh, people are listening to us on radio sega right now so let's ask people to tweet at o c remix what sega soundtracks they would like the guys to to cover and do albums of
5: yeah please do yeah let's Go do that ahead.
1: so if you' are on twitter at o c remix and uh tell the guys which sega soundtracks you'd like to You'd like them to cover more often on OCR.
5: Hashtag more SEGA.
1: Hashtag more SEGA. Yeah. Hashtag more SEGA on OCR.
5: Okay. More SEGA on OCR. More SEGA on OCR.
1: Let's use that. And if you want, you can use... uh, You can also um, use a picture of a seal with two thumbs up. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Don't do that. That's creepy. That's creepy. (laughs) But but yeah, Very. let's let's ask the public what they want. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Uh, I wanted I wanted to ask you guys one one last thing. Um, we mentioned this before we we started the the interview, but so obviously um, everyone that's on ocremix dot org and does arrangements of uh, VGM loves VGM. Yeah. Um, many people probably would love to one day work for video game companies and work on video game soundtracks some of them have already done that so are now well-known community uh, well-known video game composers video game music composers and stuff um would you like to mention some of the people that are now that after going on oc remix and after working uh, on ocr arrangements and stuff uh, you know had the chance of entering the the, the video game music community professionally
5: yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we, we talked a little bit when we were talking about Project Chaos. We mentioned Danny Baranowski yeah. before. Um, you know, he came in um, and, you know, people should keep in mind, you know, when he was a beginner, he submitted stuff to remix, Mix. It wound up in Dave's you know inbox and it got rejected. So, I mean, everybody <laughs> starts from somewhere and learns and, and gets better. And, and then Danny B eventually became one of the judges on the website um, as well and then you know eventually moved to doing uh you know indie game scores and you know really building his career off of that um you know it it, we'd be remiss in not mentioning bentley jones um you know aka libro with with his old school stuff so he's got a lot of older um you know sonic tracks on the site and you know that was those were more done in his formative years so you actually don't have you know, what he's really known for per se, like the, um, you know, kind of the pop, you know, vocal pop, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. stuff that he's, that he's super, you know, amazing at, um, you know, nowadays. And obviously, you know, he's, he's been in, um, you know, Sega All-Stars Racing and and stuff like that. You know, he's done, he's done a lot of stuff over the years, um, you know, whether it be, you know, kind of, Mm -hmm. um, kind of commercial trailer music with Sega Properties and then actually getting in some games. And, um, you know, he's got his original albums, you know, that get that, um, you know, really do well in Japan and whatnot. Um, Man, there's just I'm trying to think. I mean, there's other people who've done stuff, um, you know, here and there. I mean, obviously, Andrew Aversa, Zircon, um, he's done a lot of stuff, including, you know, he was on the Street Fighter, um, you know, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD remix soundtrack, but also has done indie games. Also done. He was part of the uh, team on Soul Calibur 5, along with his wife, Jillian Aversa. You know she's she's an amazing vocalist she does you know composition as well she was on soul caliber 5 and in several of the, the halo series games including you know halo 10th anniversary um hey uh, man i'm trying to think i mean there's 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 almost too many now like beat, beat drop had some of this stuff in um in a, a ddr game um who else am I thinking of? Big giant circles. I was going to mention um, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy Henson. So, I mean, it's it's great. It's it's crazy. I mean, yeah, he was on Su- Super Street Fighter Two Turbo mm-hmm. HD Remix as well. I actually got him in for the the Guile theme, um, and uh, so and he, he did a really cool Zangief theme that that ultimately wasn't on there as well, but was was awesome as well. But um, yeah, I mean, Borderlands is crazy. I mean, Mass Effect. Um, I, I i helped him you know get that mass effect gig not not directly like i didn't network and get him the gig but you know he was talking with me on um how to kind of um you know he was gonna have a meeting with jack wall this was obviously you know after mass effect one came out and kind of into the the build um to mass effect 2 but it wasn't like he was necessarily angling to get a job on it he just wanted to kind of you know As video games live had been passing through his area at the time he wanted to um you know get get on jack's radar and just show appreciation for the soundtrack so i just said listen man whatever you've got hit him with everything you know what i mean like don't just hit him with mass effect stuff but hit him (laughs) with everything you've got so you know give him some originals give him some other stuff and what 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 ended up happening was it turned out that it wasn't necessarily the mass effect arrangements that jack really honed in on but it was the original tracks that jimmy also threw on there that kind of made him go okay he can do more than just what i was expecting him to do so yeah how about you know how about an invite to join the team on this and um yeah so i'm really proud of that jimmy's super awesome he's an amazing guy Mm -hmm. um i mean there's probably more people that you're thinking of that that i'm not but um i mean there's so many that Mm -hmm. have either you know Yeah, there's so many that have passed through and have done some professional stuff. So, you know, I want to be clear, and I'm sure Dave, you know, agrees as well. It's not like we necessarily take responsibility for, you know, like the OC Remix made them into who they are today um, obviously you know for, for people that were more centrally involved like Danny B and, and Zircon and, and Jillian Aversa we can we can take like more credit as a community like that it was a place mm-hmm. where they could learn and grow and, and hone their skills but you know we've had so many other people pass through where you know somebody like a Will Roger, for example who goes by bust Tunes. you know he, he's ex LucasArts and he's worked on you know some some stuff in the um, Tomb Raider franchise. Um, so I mean, you know, but he was already doing awesome stuff as well. Yeah, you I, th- I think
1: did... I think at least oh, OC Remix offers people a, yeah. like a, a good outlet to just put their stuff out there and you know be heard and get some criticism as well. So absolutely because not not only you guys judge the tracks before they they get on OC Remix, but uh, the, the listeners as well, people who just browse the site and listen to stuff, they also offer some some opinions. So I think that's that's the great stuff some great stuff yeah, that you no, guys I, can, can I, offer people
5: yeah and i always like to say i mean you know as with any creative endeavor you know obviously it's up to an artist you know whatever creative field you're in but it's up to the artist to take the you know to take the criticism you know really look at it honestly um don't have it. try not to have an ego but you know take what's useful for you and kind of ignore everything else but at the end of the day have an open in mind And I like to say, we're not here to tear you down. We're here to build you up. So we're not there to, you know, take a dump on your music and make you feel bad if, if it's not something that we would post. Uh, we want to help you get there. And even and, and you know, we, we want to help you get there, whether you're a beginner or whether it's just maybe uh, accommodating more the standards of, of creativity that, we're, that an arrangement that we're looking for. Um, So definitely, you know, there's, there's no egos involved. It's not a click community, even though we've been around, you know, for, for almost, you know, more than uh, 15 years at this point, you know, going on 17 years at this point, Um, there are no clicks involved. There's no, you don't have to be friends with anyone to get your stuff posted. It's all meritocracy. And, you know, you send it, we'll critique it. Um, It'll take a while, but we'll critique it for free. And we're, we're happy to help you get where you want to be, and uh, you know help you find an audience that that enjoys your stuff, that enjoys video game music. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, if you send people some chocolates, that that probably helps as well in getting the music. I mean, I'm
5: I'm yeah. I'm, I'm I'm chocolatey enough person. I'm okay with that, but you know, yeah, send so maybe send Dave some chocolate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: awesome stuff so yeah um, anything else you'd like to, to promote to talk about before we end the interview and let you go on with your lives I guess real real quick
4: um, you know we've actually dialed back the ads on the site um, we make most of our money that we use towards the site for hosting it and doing tons of other stuff from Patreon now so our Patreon is patreon.com slash Mix. And we're also on Twitter, OC Remix, Facebook, OC Remix, uh, Instagram, and SoundCloud. Um, So we're kind of branching out into social media thing. SoundCloud is nice because um, we've got a lot of the albums up there, and you can listen on the go, whatever. And then Overclock Records, SoundCloud, we actually post everything that goes on Overclock Records. Also get goes on on the Overclock Record SoundCloud, so you can stream it all for free. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Um and decide if you want to buy it. So those are some promo things. Other than that, we've actually been working on retooling our website. It's a little dated. So <clears throat> slowly but surely we're we're modernizing it a bit. And one of the things we recently added that your listeners might be interested in is um, you can now go to organization pages, so like the page for Nintendo, Konami, Sega. And um, in addition to a list of like mixes of Sega games, uh, Sega albums we've put out, we also have now a list of like the, the, the composers, uh, the notable composers that have worked for Sega and a full list uh, mm-hmm. of the games that we have on record at least. But the most interesting thing we added is uh, like a YouTube playlist So if you go to the page for Sega now, you can actually just click play, and it'll start playing the latest Sega mixes, and you can just sit there and listen, and it's pretty easy. That's
6: awesome.
1: That's pretty
4: cool. So, I mean, we use the Patreon Funds that we get to pay for hosting, to buy software that we use on the site, to support like going to conventions and things like that. And it's just nice that we're finally, you know, some of that is being reflected in the actual website in terms of features that we're adding and things that we're able to do. So 2017 should be a very cool year. Uh, 2016 for Sega mixes was not such a cool year. We didn't get, we didn't have Sega mixes this year. But you know, we're, we're going to do better next year. This this uh, this interview has galvanized us. So, yeah. 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 and, and obviously,
1: all the, all the musicians and the uh, OC remix artists listening to us, they just just found out that they need to post more uh, Sega stuff on OC remix. Yeah. So so yeah, yeah I think, I think we'll 2017 yeah. is the year, guys.
6: Yeah,
4: definitely. <laughs> there needs
5: to be at
1: least a thousand sega mixes in 2017 yep get get working get working yeah oh
5: my gosh what well, a thousand
1: <laughs> at he's least crazy at Don't least listen
5: to him. he's crazy <laughs> he's
4: gonna edit it to say whatever he wants me to say anyway so <laughs> maybe
1: we'll make it one good. million <laughs> I mean, yeah i'm gonna get uh, microsoft voice <laughs> one billion uh that's right <laughs> yeah Okay, guys. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, include all these links in the, the podcast description. So if you're listening to the podcast version of the of the Sega Lounge, just check them out and uh, consider contributing for the the Patreon. Um, and, oh, and
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. And wait, wait, And one more thing: those community albums, like they mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of that comes from the will of the people. So if you are a super Sega, you know, fanboy and want to organize and have the drive to, you know, if you really want to see it happen and you really have the drive to make it happen, you can make it happen. You just sign up on the OC Remix forums and, you know, do a call-out for the game or series you're looking to do, and you have to be driven, but you can make it happen. That's how a lot of our albums uh, come to fruition.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent. Get on that. Get on that. <laughs> so, uh, Shinobi. <laughs> <laughs> Shinobi. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and Sonic 2, but that's already happening, so no need for of that. Of You one That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Larry and David, thank you so much for coming on the Sega Lounge. Not really Sega. Uh, it's been really fun. I hope you guys, uh, you know, consider coming back soon.
5: Of course, man. Anything for... you let us know, and we'll we'll make it happen.
1: Awesome, and uh, and I hope you guys. Uh, all the best for for Keep up the good work, and uh, yeah, and we'll see you guys soon. For you guys listening to us, don't go anywhere. We'll just take a quick music break. We'll play uh, one of the tracks that uh, Larry and David requested, and then we'll be right back with more the Sega Lounge right here on Radio Sega. <laughs>
0: Sega music, news, and whatever else we can think of. The Sega Lounge, only on Radio Sega. From the 90s to the present, take a trip back in time with A Winner Was You, as he looks back at the Sega games that defined his life. Memories
8: of Sega. Our focus this week will be on Land of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse, a platformer released on the Master System in 1992. It's a sequel to the 1990 classic, Castle of Illusion, and like any good sequel, it took everything that was great about the original and made it even better. I'd even go as far to say it's in the top 10 Master System games of all time, maybe even the top 5. My first encounter with this game was in an issue of Me Machine Sega, in a small news article. As a fan of Castle of Illusion, a sequel was always going to appeal heavily to me, and it was one I immediately wanted. Not hurting were the review scores, all of which were extremely positive. Basically, if you loved the first game, and who didn't, you'd love this one. Eventually, my 12th birthday came in 1993, and the day after, my mum and I went down to the town to spend my birthday money. Naturally, there was one game in particular I wanted, and we picked it up at WH Smith that day. I couldn't wait to play it, and I wasn't disappointed. The story sees Mickey being transported to a fairy tale land after falling asleep while reading a book. The land has seen better days, however. The crystal that protects it has been stolen by a phantom, and as a result, there are monsters everywhere. Someone needs to get the crystal back. No prizes for guessing who? That's right, Goofy. No, not really. Goofy does actually appear in the game alongside other classic Disney characters. The gameplay is pretty much identical to Castle of Illusion. Mickey still has his butt-slam attack, which can be used to gain more height in jumps by bouncing off enemies, and he can also pick up and throw various objects. Some of these contain items, while some don't break when thrown. These ones are used to get to higher places. Much like the first game, this creates more of a puzzle element than the Mega Drive version of the first game, and this greatly improves the experience. Where Land of Illusion differs from its predecessor is that the way the path forward is less linear than before. Initially, the path is straightforward, but fairly soon you'll find progress through other stages is impossible, so you have to go back to previous stages and find new routes, which in turn unlock new stages where you gain new abilities that will let you complete the previously unbeatable stages. These abilities include wall climbing, the ability to walk on clouds, and my personal favourite, the ability to shrink and fit through small passages. This really adds a lot more to the gameplay and helps make it more advanced than the original. Despite the added exploration elements, it's very hard to get lost in this game, you pretty much always know where to go. Sadly, that's not the only aspect of a game that isn't hard. The game itself isn't hard either. Yep, the biggest flaw with this game is that it's a bit too easy. I'm fairly sure I got to the last level within a day, and only then did it start to get anywhere near challenging. There are one or two tricky bits in the game, and the last level itself gave me a bit of a headache, but after all you can get through it with a little issue. Infinite continues don't help matters either. But that aside, Land of Illusion is yet another fantastic Disney game, and the fact it's a mere 8-bit title only makes it even more impressive. Graphically, it's as good as you'd expect. Mickey is very well animated and the levels are very nice to look at. The music isn't bad either, though not as memorable as the first game, but most of all, the game is a joy to play. The lack of real challenge is a pity, but you'll definitely want to play through it again and again, especially when you factor in a slightly different ending if you can find all the hidden power stars in the game. It's also available on the Game Gear and is practically identical, so if you're on either system, you really should pick this one up. I'd say it's actually my favourite Disney game of all time.
0: Memories of Sega.
1: Hope you enjoyed the interview with the OC Remix guys so did you pretzel and lion tamer that was really fun to record and we're back with the after-hours segment so uh, before we we you know talk about the next next week's show and the upcoming shows on radio Sega this week for the rest of the week um, let's just talk about a few uh, tidbits of information here we would like to show you with you guys so uh, we'd like to go first I need fruit uh
2: yeah sure so um <laughs> this is a uh, a game i've i picked up on uh a couple weeks ago now uh and looks really cool so i thought i'd throw this out for, as a recommendation to you guys it's called O oh deer uh o o h and then deer spelled as in the animal d e r um it's a racing game i guess you would call it it's got a very outrun kind of lotus uh challenge kind of look to to the game um kind of 16-bit era racing. Uh it's all about drifting and either hitting deers for for speed boosts <laughs> or not. <laughs> you know, it's up to you. But <laughs> the game looks pretty cool. And I, I thought I'd bring it up because uh the uh hero uh Karoshima is um uh, does the music for it, uh, who um did the music um in Streets Rage 3 so that's kind of there's our tenuous Sega link right there for me to bring it up, but it, it does look pretty cool. So yeah, if you're um, if you're interested, then just uh head over to necrosoftgames.com uh, and have a look. It, the game's out now, and it looks pretty crazy. Also on the web page, there is a music set from from um, Motohiro uh, kashima So yeah, if you if you're interested in in listening to the music, then there's that angle as well. Um <laughs> the game has probably one of the best endorsements you could ever receive. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> it's not a 10 out of ten exactly, but it's a quote from you uh, Suzuki himself. so, uh, what do you think the uh, man you Suzuki uh, said about this game? You know, did he say this is an amazing racing game? This reminds me of, you know, hang on or something? No, he said it was a uh, quote, "Not too bad <laughs> end quote. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's amazing so yeah you're, <laughs> if you're, a, you're up for a quote not too bad and quote game uh, <laughs> from the words of Yu Suzuki then yeah head over to Necrosoft Games check out OD
1: <laughs> oh yeah it, just a small correction it's not a racing game it's a driving game that's what they say here Odin oh, is a driving game not a racing game no, because they like driving games like outrun chase hq and road blasters and they don't like g- racing games like gran turismo yeah mm. so interesting uh, difference. there's a difference there. there there's a difference yeah
2: there
6: is actually i see that i can see
1: that yeah okay yeah. so if you're a jerk by the way that's what they say so they they say uh they make stupid games for jerks like us they say Uh, and so they say you might be a jerk like us maybe you like our games too so if you're a jerk uh, go check out oh dear (laughs) yeah (laughs) best best uh, PR uh, ever yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so yeah that's that's an interesting uh, game there and thank you I Need Food for sharing that that with with us Um, besides that we we, we want to talk about uh, the uh, Kickstarter projects we mentioned last week okay so just do a quick little update on on both projects. So first up uh, we have the the reprint of Sega Mega Drive or Sega Genesis Collected Works depending on where you are Um, and so far uh, they've got um, 591 backers and those backers have pledged a total of 24,348 pounds at the time of uh, this recording so with sixteen days to go so if you're interested in what I think is the best uh, book about the mega drive out there uh, you should you know definitely back this this project by uh, read only memories um, it's it's an amazing I have the, the original one and you know it's it's one of my favorite books ever it it looks gorgeous it's it's got some Excellent interviews with you know legendary people uh, from Sega's past, and it's got loads of information on several uh, classic Sega games. So you should definitely check it out if you haven't done so already. Um, we should be uh, having um you know uh, doing a news post on this in the next few days. So look out for that as well. And if you're listening to the podcast version, uh, the link to the Kickstarter project will be. On the description. Uh, speaking of Kickstarter projects, the other one we wanted to talk about is Mutant Football League. So m- last week I, I mentioned this, um, this is the second time that Michael Menheim, the creator of uh, the Mega Drive and Genesis classic Mutant League Football, so this is the second project he- he's doing. The first one for Mutant Football League Uh, wasn't successful but this time he already uh, they already reached their their goal the $60,000 goal which is great so this means that the project will be funded Uh, however there are a few um, stretch goals that that they can they they, uh, want to achieve as well and so if you're interested in this uh, just you know follow the link in the podcast description so far with 18 days to go they people have pledged eighty-seven thousand two hundred and twenty dollars uh, as of this recording. So, uh, and by the way, in a couple of weeks we'll have Michael Menheim, the creator of uh, Mutant League Football and Mutant Football League as well. Uh, there's different um copyright issues and such. And so, so we'll have Michael on the show in a couple of weeks to talk about this. A Kickstarter project to talk about his plans for the game, and maybe to talk about the classic games as well, so yeah, um I think that's all we've got for now uh anything else you'd like to add? I need fruit
2: no uh not really just it's uh, that was i love that interview. It was great to speak to those guys and um yeah, thanks for having me on the show again casey it's been a it's been a pleasure
1: you're always welcome here so anytime you want to come back just let us know and uh yeah and bring your uh, sexy french made outfit with you as well <laughs> See
2: again that was so close to being nice wasn't it you just can't let it be cool can you <laughs> uh,
1: it's i know i can't help myself uh, so yeah don't forget to check out our other uh, live shows on radio sega RadioSE.ga slash shows for the full schedule. Uh, next one uh, will be Sega Mixer Drive tomorrow at 9 pm GMT with Rexy playing nothing but Sega remixes and arrangements. And yeah, so something to look forward to. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Sega Lounge. Next week we'll have uh, the owner, the admin of the Streets of Rage Online website, okay? Uh, And so we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about uh, his other project called Brawlers Avenue, which will be like uh, the main website for most beat-em-up games. So he he loves beat-em-ups, and so he'll uh, be, or he's creating a major hub for all um, great beat-em-up games. And one of them being Streets of Rage. So Mm. something interesting to look forward to. Uh, Another great interview with another The Sega Launch Challenge. And he'll also be talking about a project he's been working on uh, to, who knows, maybe uh, bring back Streets of Rage. Mm. Mm. So if you're curious about that, you know, just tune in next week same time same bad time same bad channel uh, Radio Sega 8pm GMT on Thursday for another episode of the Sega Lounge so Dean Heinefrut thank you so much for coming on the show again for co-hosting I'll see you next time Mm -hmm. I'll see you all next week as well and we'll leave you with some music some Sega music for you to you know, enjoy and chill out too, and keep listening to us, Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24/7. Bye bye, hey, guys.